Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. We're going to learn something today that I think it's very, very important personally. It's one of the things that I have personally tried to, you know, live my life by and uh, has produced quite a level of results. So I'm trusting God that today you would learn something and um, not only learn, but you would apply it and it will bring changes your way. You know, many times um, meetings like this, especially where I teach certain things that are very practical, are where you can find silent keys to becoming more effective in life. All right? And um, many people think that the future is far. You know, people have something about the future. Well, let me pray so that we can record all of this as part of the message. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word in Jesus' mighty name. Now, many people have a concept about the future. Okay? So, when you talk to people, they always see the future like it's far. People always have that, you know, mind. So they say, don't worry, I know my tomorrow will be better. When they say that, they say it with the mind that it's very far, the future is far. Right? And then they start living day after day, day after day. And, you know, the future still looks far, right? And they, 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 keep, they keep living, and the future is still far, and they keep living, and the future is still far. You see, if you want to be a successful person in life, you shouldn't work with that mind that the future is far. You work with the mind that that future is tomorrow, it's today. And why do I say that? Our, we are, we grew up with our parents, or even if you didn't grow up with your parents, you, you grew up at least. <laughs> Alright? And you couldn't wait to leave the house, right? Some of you are still with your parents, but you can't wait to finish school, you can't wait to be a man. You know, you go to the right. They say, no, don't go to the right. Come to the left. You go to the left. You come here. And you, you can't just wait to... I mean, some people just say, when I go to school, the first thing I'll do, I'll just go out. You know, when nobody will say, when will you come home? And what we'll do sometimes, we get into this single phase of our life and we become unrestrained. Now, pay attention to this. That being unrestrained, we call it freedom. But actually, it's a freedom that when you don't manage purposefully, becomes your own downfall. 
So by the time you now start putting guards on yourself, you've already wasted a lot of your time. Let me tell you something. Life was never designed to be lived without restraints. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Life was never designed to be lived without restraints. Let me tell you this. You know, when God created Adam in the garden and gave him Eve, do you realize that of all the things God created and of all the things God said, God gave Adam restraints right from the very beginning. In fact, one of the very first words that Adam heard after he had been blessed by God is, don't touch this. Don't. There are things in your life that should be in that don't zone. So, maturity is building your own personal self-restraints for the sake of your future. As a, you know, I travel quite a lot. Traveling is part of my life. I have certain policies when I travel. And generally, as a person, I don't like nightlife. You know, I don't like... You know, there are some people who is like when the night is getting darker. That's when their own day is starting. You see somebody dressing by six. You say, where are you going? Say, ah, I just want to stroll. How can you be? You know, people are wearing nightgown. That's when you are now wearing shoe. Wearing, you know, because personally for me, I mean, I'm not saying anything wrong. Personally for me, I don't just like the fact that at night you can't get help. At night all kinds of things can happen. At, you know, so the whole darkness about night, I don't like it. If I go anywhere, six o'clock, I'm in my hotel room. They say, ah, no, don't worry, there's nightlife here. No, it's not my life. You know, that's personal restraint. There is nothing you would tell me that would you know, convince me to have that nightlife. Now, what I'm talking about is that when you've built a personal restraint for yourself, it's easy to resist the temptations that come um, where those restraints are not there. So let me leave nightlife so you don't start thinking something else. Um, let's look at money, for instance. I can't it's tough for me to live without a budget. Okay? I can't live without a budget. I have, when I do my monthly accounting, so I do my monthly accounting probably two days after the month I've ended, so I look into the month, I look at what I spent, I look at, I do my tithing, my offering, my giving, you know. So, it's difficult for me to just have money and just spend the money. It's very difficult. That is a restraint. Whether it is 10,000, whether it is Six million, whether it's one billion, I would have that because I have developed that restraint on myself where finances are concerned. But if you haven't developed that restraint, what's going to happen is you would live on a budget one month, the next month no budget, the next month no budget, the next month budget, and you know why? You haven't built that restraint. So what I'm trying to say is this. In life, we're talking about proactive living uh, tonight. I'll read two scriptures. In life, you must develop certain restraints that become consistent. Those restraints are the boundaries that will put you on the path of success. Success is a daily thing. It's not one day 
are you following this you one day no success is a daily thing it's a daily it's a life it's not just an event it's not just something that happens to you it's not just something you just know okay ah, i'm not successful no you you build towards it now i want us to read two scriptures in ephesians chapter chapter 5 and verse 16 we're looking at proactive living ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 it says NIV. It says, making the most of every opportunity. It says, because the days are evil. Alright? Making the most. I've taught about opportunity here before. Go and learn it. Go and, uh, how do I put it? Go and get that message and listen to it again. I like associations, okay? I like. Uh, Many, there are multiple associations people join now. I like, it's good. I don't have anything against it. But one thing I have always lived in my life is I don't know how to live in regrets of, let me put it this way. You know, there's people now that, ah, I wish I went back to primary school. You know, my primary school people. Then some people will go join their primary school association. Then they will now go back to... Uh, join their secondary school association then they will join their polytechnic association then in the primary school group they will be talking about things they did in primary school and then somebody say ah, I miss primary school I wish I, you know I don't know how to live that way you see there are faces in your life that face is over forever are you hearing what I'm saying? That see that season when you were in primary school you both will stand on that mango tree you will now wear it, yeah, it's gone when you went to secondary school, that season is gone. When you uh, got an university, that season is gone. Some of you moved places. You left um, your city. Someone like me, you know, spent all my life in Warrior and then had to move here because of ministry. That whole spending my life, that phase is gone. You must learn to live in the present and think of the future which you build on a daily basis. Even if you made mistakes in your past, that phase is gone. You see, if you want to be successful in life, you must always learn to put behind that which is past. You know, Apostle Paul, he says, I press towards the mark. He, he, in fact, when I tell you about Apostle Paul today, you will not remember the man who killed Christians. What will you remember? Or oh, you don't remember Apostle Paul? What will you remember? The apostle who wrote to third of the New Testament. Why? Because the effort, listen carefully to this, the effort Apostle Paul put in his future was more than the one he put in his past. If you were diligent in attending parties, if you were diligent in evil before you were born again, put that diligence into righteousness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put that same strength. If you were very skillful in talking to girls before you were born again, convert that skill into evangelism. Let's know you for a serial soul winner. You know, I've seen people who, in the destruction of their lives, were more diligent than in the building of their lives. Hmm? Not you, but let's give an example of people who drank. See, when we in the world, we used to keep bottles. They would save up and buy cartons of drinks to drink. Now they cannot save up and buy a book. That means they show more diligence in destruction of life than in building of life. You see, the, the effort you put into building your life should be more commensurate, even much more. Because what the days are evil. What does it mean by the days are evil? We're not living in a world that is getting better. 
Except the children of God arise and take their place. You know, you look at our country for instance, inflation is going high. You look at the things that are going on, you just realize, oh, you have to take advantage of certain things. Is it certain things that would have built your life that you did not buy yesterday? If you go and buy them now, they are more expensive. You know, some of you are planning next year. Ah, I'm going to buy this shoe next year. I'm going to buy this shoe next year. And inflation came. They told you the price of the shoe. Just realize I'd rather use slippers. <laughs> are you, are you, so you must learn to make the most of opportunity. NLT says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. The AST says, make the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. So, when we talk about proactive living, we're talking about living your life in such a way that you make best use of your time. The best use of your time. Let me define this. Proactive living is living intentionally and deliberately with the future in mind. Proactive living is living intentionally or deliberately with the future in mind. That means you are living with the future at the back of your mind. You are not just making choices for today. Are you following this? You are not just making choices for this moment. You are making choices for your future. You are deliberate. You see, many of the things today that are important to us will not be important to us tomorrow. Yeah. The things that were important to you two years ago, are they still important to you today? Most likely no. That's the truth. As singles, what is important... You know, in in our lives sometimes, relationships come a big deal. Hmm? Yeah. Relationships come a big deal. So you realize that most times we spend our single life pursuing relationships. And then we finally get into the relationships. Right? Uh, I think Aja just got married, okay? You see that the value system has changed, Abby? Right? Am I right? Uh, I can't wait to have her. I can't wait to have her. I can't wait to have her. Now she's here. Right? Then when you start making decisions, you now be making decisions with, yeah, we'll soon have a child. So you realize that, again, that has factored into your life. Once the child comes in, the child's education hmm, comes into, you know that when you're talking about relationships, sometimes those things don't cross your mind. Your mind just feels that, ah, I just have somebody, when it's raining, we'll just cuddle, we'll cover ourselves with people, we'll not go anywhere, forget singles meeting, we'll collect the tape, we'll download. You know, that's all you are seeing. And then you get in. And you now realize that with that decision, there are many decisions tied to it. The child's education now becomes part of that decision, right? Then, when it even comes to the child's education, you will not have options. You can now choose to either go to a school where there are no windows, um, or you go to a school where there are windows but it's broken, or you now go to a school where there is air conditioning, and then the school fees is more than your salary in six months. You, you understand that? And that now becomes a factor. So you realize that constantly in life, there would be decisions to be made. 
Now this is where you need to get it. Every decision you make today should be factored based on your future. So, I'll give you an example. If I have an opportunity to take a course today, to become better today, will that help me tomorrow? Absolutely. So what do I do? I discipline myself to take that course. And I don't choose to do something else with that money and disempower my life in the future. You know, today people sometimes people look at me and say, Oh, Pastor, you work hard, you read. <laughs> you know, very funny. My servants that may were reading a book before I came. So, so I was reading after church. We're reading one of the books we needed to review. So I, was, I do speed reading, so I read fast. So we were reading, she mentioned something. So I was before her. I was I was she, she had read to a particular piece, so I was before her. So I, so I read. So in like a few minutes, I caught up. So I said what she was saying. She was like, oh, are you here? And I said, yes. So she was like, no, 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 no. You are reading too fast. So she, she, she thought I didn't pay attention. So she said, okay, tell me what was in the chapter before. Tell me what was in the So I told her everything that was in page. So I said, okay. So I was reading again. So I made mention of something. So oh, you have gone. And I said, okay, wait for me. Let me. So I waited and then she read up to the point. Then I started reading again and then I passed as you. You know, but all of those things were developed when I was younger. Because, for instance, as a leader, you cannot be reading the same number of books that the people you're leading is following. Right? So that means you have to be able to read faster and comprehend more so you can be ahead. Are you, are you following what I'm saying now? So every decision you make should be factored based on your future. Today, I spend a lot of time to teach you people about budgeting your finances. You will realize that there are many matured people that cannot tell you what they spend their money on. They just, ah, this money just vanished. No, it doesn't happen like that. So, for instance, personally, I know that for me to be able to cover all the materials I require, I have to learn speed reading. So, speed reading is not just that you finish the book, it's that you read quickly and you're able to comprehend at least 80% of the materials you've read. Those are little things that can enhance your future. Look at this. There is difference between proactive living and reactive living. So, what is reactive living? Reactive living is, is more like, instead of, being, instead of being deliberate about your life, you react to the circumstance. So, this one happens, you start reacting. This one happens, you start reacting. You're reactive. Every circumstance knocks you off balance. Huh? Maybe you're coming for this meeting. You decided you want to come to this meeting to be blessed. Then as you are just leaving, your slippers caught. Ah, you just get angry. It's not to call kind of useless life is this. It's not that uh, somebody did not. And then your whole day is gone. You know, there are people that all you need to do to destabilize them is a day. It's just to put off the light at the wrong time. Hmm? Maybe they are just getting up from bed. And they don't want to see light. And you just own the light. And light just shines on their eye. That whole day is destroyed. It can take something as little as that. You see, you have to be in control of your emotions. Be in control of your day. Proactive living, we're going to talk about that, is being in charge of your life. Being in charge of your choices. Being in charge of your decisions. Being in charge of your time. You know, what do you want to do with your time? 
That's what proactive living means. Let me read another thing for you. Proactive living says, reactive living, sorry, says, one day I'm going to start doing that. Sometime soon I'm going to stop this. I want to, but I can't. I wish I could do something like that. You see, this is unintentional living, which is going through life without a plan. Letting life happen to you and not taking control of your situation. You go through life without a plan. You let life happen to you. You see, there is none of us that haven't had very funny experiences. Hmm? You know, sometimes when people see us, they just feel, ah, oh, these guys have always had it good in life. <laughs> you know, I was writing, I wrote something. Some of you saw it on my social media page. Uh, a book I'm working on, Help I'm a Pastor's Kid. The Trials, Triumph, and Travails of a Pastor's Child. So, one guy we grew up saw the book. We grew up together, saw the, saw the thing I wrote about the book. So, he inboxed me. He was like, Ah, are you going to tell them about that, your trouser? And I had completely forgotten. And you know, funny enough, you know, that period in my life, <laughs> I had only one trouser. Okay? I had only one trouser. And then I had another color of shoe. Another color of trouser. So there was nothing I wore that would match. Nothing. Because the trouser and the shoe were already different colors. So anything I wear was third color on it. And I had that for, for, for a long time. You know, and I'll talk about that. One day, I sat down and decided my life was going to be different. That day, I made the choice that if I found something that would help my life, I'll commit to it. That was the last time I needed motivation to do anything that would build my life. Whether to read, to pray, to study, to give, to make choices, that was the last time. Because I realized that ultimately, your life is up to you. Your parents would have made their mistake. Your siblings would have made their, their mistake. Are you following what I'm saying? Everybody around you would have made their mistake. But at the end of the day, sir, it's up to you. Every, see, people can give you all the opportunities in this world. But if you don't make the most of it, there are people with more opportunities that are failed. Have you seen some people who grew up in some homes and you're just telling yourself that, Ah, man, if it was my father that I had laptop. Ah, by now I'll be coding. You know, I used to think that way, but I don't think that way anymore. You know why? Even where you are today, the opportunities you already have, that somebody below you is saying, if I can just have the opportunity this person has, you are there saying, if I can, you know, all of you are in the queue. Everybody's pointing to the next person and saying, ah, if I can just, ah, if, and they are forgetting where they are. Truth of the matter is this, if you were even born by the richest person in this world, most likely, if God doesn't help you, you'll be buying cocaine. Yeah. That's the truth. Have you seen people, they've got wealth, they've got everything, they are not just disciplined. Have you seen people whose parents are rich? The children has three lesson teachers plus school. They finish school, the lesson teacher comes in the afternoon, the lesson teacher comes in the evening, they have online lesson teacher. At night, they still fail. And you would hardly have textbooks. You know, sometimes those situations actually bring, I don't want to say, but it brings the best out of us. Yeah. 
brings the best out of us. When we talk about proactive living, we're saying don't let life happen to you. You happen to life. Don't let circumstances make you. And the funny thing is that many people do not learn in, on time, which is the sad part about life. I, 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 it breaks my heart sometimes. I see people who are coming from certain backgrounds, certain, um, certain situations in life, and you're like, oh God, I wish this person would just decide to make a, a minute out of their life. And you know what? They make the same bad choices that put them in that place for, for, for in the first place. They, they repeat those choices. One of the things you must do in this life is take charge of your life. If you excel, it's yours. If you fail, it's yours. Take charge of your life. Look at this scripture, Proverbs 27 verse 12. It says, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. A prudent person foresees danger and he takes precautions. In fact, this passage was written twice in the book of Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 27, 12 and Proverbs 22, 3. You see evil, you see danger and you take precautions. Hmm? You, are, you are young, you are single. You see uh, a guy says he wants to marry you. You have seen all the signs that makes that person... Go and listen to my message on toxic relationship. You've seen that this person would end up not, and you are just still, I want to see the end. Let me try. Let me try. There are some signs you, that should just tell you, this is not working. You see, let me tell you something. Especially if you listen to me. At this level, I don't expect any of you to be going into relationships with trial and error. You should just know somebody who is serious. Hmm? You should know who you can marry. At this stage, you should be able to know, I can marry so, 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 and so person. I cannot marry this person. It's easy to just plot that graph. There are certain things you just know, this won't work. Mm, this one will work. You just know. And you are not living your life waiting for that man to come and carry you somewhere. You are enjoying your life and purposely living your life until that time you choose to get married or whatever and then you get married. You're not putting your life on hold for relationship to, to start. Hmm? So sometimes we live for that. You, so so you, are, you are young and you now have many X, 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 as if a time will come in your life when you say the more X you have, the more throne God will give to you. This one is six months. Ah, yeah, we don't gel. We don't gel. And then you are everywhere. Emotions are scattered. You know, the, your, your, your 14th ex have just sent you a text message. Is making you angry. That anger now is not reflecting on the one you are in a relationship with. You, re, you take yourself from that. The other one you saw his face, his, his picture with another girl. You are now hot. The after he has left you, he's going to studio. And when you were together, you never went to studio. I mean, you just make your life. Life is already difficult. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you like this? I don't know why people... Life is already difficult. Why make it hard on yourself? Why make it difficult? Why make it complex? There are, there are people you should never consider. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, there are things at this stage you should never consider. There are things that should not even cross your mind. When I was going into ministry, I told myself, I said, so I'm going into ministry full time. I'm going to get married early because the person I want to get married to, I want them to, you see this ministry, I will not suffer and then we will enjoy. We will all suffer and suffer together. Then we will all enjoy together. It's simple. That was my own choice. So, because, I mean, imagine if I want to get married now. You know how confused the thing will be. I mean, you travel the world, you do stuff, you are, I mean, you, everybody will love you. Who will not love you? Right? So that's why you also see that, for instance, between me and Sister Mary, we don't have this thing, this is my own, this is, you know, sometimes I find it difficult when husbands say, this is my husband, so this is, we don't have that. We don't run a joint account, but our money is, is the same. We don't, I mean, the only joint account we have is our giving account. But our money is the same. Because we all just stay grateful because God has blessed us from where we started. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not saying you have to make that decision. What I'm just trying to say is that you have to own your life and you know the choices that you are making that will work for you. So it's not experiment. That means you have to do a lot of thinking. We will get there. What do you really want out of life? Even when you finally get married, what do you want out of marriage? Is it just children? Hmm? You know, there are people who, by the time they get married, they have children. What now becomes a problem is that they don't have a girl child. Their original intention is two children. First one, boy. First one. Second one, boy. Third one, boy. Fourth one, boy. Fifth one, boy. Sixth one, girl. You now realize that because they want a girl child, they, have, they now have four children that in the original plan, she's not there. And you don't know that that four children will come with four different things, four different character, four different demands, four different levels of school fees. Are you hearing four, four different challenges? So you have to set your standard. So when we were getting married, the first thing we say is, listen. Okay, so personally, I wanted to have one child. That was my own decision. And it was very simple. You see, I didn't come to raise children. You see this thing I'm doing? This is what I came to do. Okay? So, you know, there are people who, yeah, they are children. They like children running everywhere. Ah, this one, they turn here, there's a child. Some people even say they want to have one last bone so that in their old age, there are somebody running around. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we finally agreed we're going to have two kids. And we said, listen, the two children, if there are two boys, we'll be fine. If there are two girls, we'll be fine. And funny enough, I mean, we have a boy and a girl. But you see, you have to be proactive. It's not anyone God bless us with. We will now, and then you are now waiting and waiting, and then you now have nine children. And you know, life is very funny. The girl will now be at the end. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? You, so, because what I'm saying is that it's not that it is wrong, but you realize that for all the children you have, you will not skip all of them and go and train the girl, right? You will train. Every. So what I'm saying is every decision will cost you something in your future. Again, there are people who, in their old age, they've been able to train all their children. When they have an event, they have six children lined up. Eh? You realize that in my old age, if I have an event, I won't have six children lined up, right? I cannot now get old and not envy that man say, ah, look at that man's children. Everybody wore the same. You just know that it's two you have. 
<laughs> if you come for an event, one shows up and the other one does not show up. I mean, so you, you, you look at your future and it's fine with you. Because what now happens is that even as you get older, there will be peer, peer pressure. Do this. This is what people are doing. This is what people are doing. This is what people are doing. And it is your proactive living that helps you to wield that peer pressure. In ministry, there are things I don't do. In ministry, I know what God has called me to do. See, whether this hall is one million people or whether the hall is two people, I'll teach with the same strength. I'll teach with the same vigor. Why? Because teaching is my purpose. This is my assignment. Are you, are you following this now? Now, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. That means the prudent person, we read the scripture now, Proverbs chapter, yeah. Hmm? The naive proceed and pay the penalty. They just proceed with life like that. They just enter, make choices. That's how some people lost money in investments. Hmm? How they lost the money in investment? Want to hammer quickly. You are here. They just, someone will just tell you, man, this one 60%. Hmm? You make 60% in one month. You don't ask yourself what they sell or they buy. You won't take the time to read the economics textbook and understand how money works. Just carry all your life savings. Then you know when you have made that kind of decision, ask me how far say it is worth. You can't tell people what you did with your money. Hmm? And that's why sometimes I don't understand the rationale behind sports betting today. I don't get it. Nobody gets rich with sports betting. That is the truth. And let me tell you, let me, will, let me tell you again. If you, if you, if you bet, eh, when you go home, kneel down that God would, two things, hmm? that God will have mercy on you. That's one, first of all. And kneel down that God will help you to stop. Because that thing you see that is casual, it's, it's, it's as strong as an addiction as pornography. It's not easy to stop. You just feel, ah, this one I win. Ah, this one I win. Ah, this one I win. You see people, not even people who don't have money. That thing will destroy your future. You will not be a financial giant with that lifestyle. Because you will gamble away. You have implications on your family. Money that you should bring home, you would have gambled it. Then from there, you start borrowing and become. It will just ruin you. And you see young people whose lives are just completely ruined. You are gambling on other people, what other people will play. Is that how life runs? That you are here, then your money is based on who scores. And you want to be rich like that. Which book have you read that a gambler wrote? Have you read any financial book by a gambler, see, the greatest gambler in the world? You, I mean, it looks, we laugh about it, but these things are logical. It doesn't make sense. Hmm? Some of you who grew up, you know people used to play pool in those days, eh? with pool paper. How many of you know all those pool shops? Birmingham away, city home. Hmm? All they just did was to transfer those paper into technology. It's simple. They just transfer those paper into an app. So you can do it on your app. One question I would ask you. Was there anybody who played pool in your village who got rich? 
None. If nobody in your village played pool and got rich, it's the same thing. So these are decisions that will determine will a man be proactive about life, about your finances. That money you are earning monthly, savings is a habit. Be proactive about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Savings is a habit. Let's look at this. Living a reactive life means that you change when life forces you to. Most people hate the word change. Change implies that something unknown or uncertain is coming. As you know, change is inevitable. However, many of us prolong change until the circumstance of life forces us to react and to change. Because many of us implement change when we are forced to do so, it is typically executed poorly or ineffectively. If you plan ahead of time, you'll be able to make changes very early. You know, one of the reasons I decided for a very small family was the fact that part of my purpose in life is to travel. And I, I really don't enjoy traveling and leaving my family. And so you don't want to have a large family where you, you're a bit restricted from traveling because, you, you have to, of, of course, you have to spend time with the kids. So there are decisions behind, there are rationale behind every decision you take. Hmm? Because, you know, sometimes my parents came and like, ah, you can't have only two children. You have to have more. I just said, you see that discussion? Nobody's even engaging you on it. Because hmm? pressure will come. Your family will put pressure. Sometimes it will be from the wife's family. Sometimes it will be, both of you have to now decide what exactly do you want. If not, you're not there. It's not me, it's my mother. And my mother really took care of me. I don't know how to tell my mother no. You shouldn't get married if you don't know how to tell your mother no. Because, listen, everybody in your life, there are seasons you must learn to say what? No. If not, what will happen is you would live other people's life for them. They will be living their own lives through you. Deliberate. Your generosity, deliberate. Who are you going to give to? When are you going to give? What can you give? You know, I told, I told Sister Mary today, I said, ah, one thing I'll not do next year at all is loan. You know, I don't know how. You just find this one person who just say, ah, pastor, I know you have had bad experiences. My case is different. You will not just go and believe. And the man will repeat all the cases. You will not, not tell yourself, I said, next year, ah, no. You know, you've got to make up your mind where these things are concerned. It's called proactive living. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright, so a man by the name of Jeff Olson says, you have complete control over the direction that the rest of your life takes. You have complete control over what? The direction that the rest of your life takes. By the help of God, by the word of God, you can direct your life. Hmm? You can direct your life. All these things that look like, oh, you can't afford these things today, you can't do this today. If you would put value into yourself, the days will come, those will not be issues. That's the truth. Hmm? The days will come, those things will not be issues. The days will come, those things will be normal. The days will come, those things will not be a big deal. 
Those are not the things you should pursue now. Become a person of value. Build worth into yourself. Build worth into your life. You know, early days of my ministry, there were days I was like, Oh God, open the doors for me to speak, to have opportunity to preach and to teach and to do stuff. Today, you know, my greatest prayer is catching up with all the speaking engagements that come on my table. Just last, just this week in the office, we got a mail from a radio station in South Africa. And the person was the one who started an internet radio station. And the person was asking, Oh, we, we've heard your message. We like your content. We'd li- like to give you a slot on the radio if that's fine with you. I mean, there's a radio station in Port Harcourt that reached out. It's like, We listen to your Wisdom for Living series. We want to put it on the radio. And then we've got, I've got a radio station also in the US that takes our materials and just plays. That's value. That's value. Don't make greatness your aim. Make value contribution your aim. Greatness would follow it. Hmm? I want to be a great man. I want to be a great man. Be a man of value. In that your company, be, decide that you'll be valuable staff. And greatness will follow. Bible says, commit your ways unto the Lord and He will direct your path. It means you should have something. You should have something to commit to God. We have almost come to the end of this year. Hmm? You know how we feel the future is far. How many of you remember the year 2000? Huh? How many of you can cast your mind? Why 2K bog? Year 2000. We felt the whole world was going to crash. It's been it's 21 years after. Imagine a child they gave birth to in 2000 will be 21 now. And you know, if you give birth to a child in 2000, you're like, ah, this child, when will this child grow up? Hmm? In three months, four months' time, you'll be in 2022. What are your plans? Before you know, it's 2050. You have gray hair. We won't be coming for singles meeting anymore. We have old people's hangouts. Hmm? That's it. You know, I look at my son and I think like, man, life is quick. <laughs> life is quick. When we came into Bonnie a few years ago, he was just, I can remember when I took him to Faith Academy Primary School. Huh? And now the guy's going to GS3. And in three years, you know, I mean, in the next three or four years, you would only see him when he comes on holidays. That season of seeing Caris every Sunday, he's gone. That's how life is. And I tell you, it's not far. So if you keep your joy till the next three years, you'll be a sad person for the next three years. You have to be happy today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Enjoy what you do. Enjoy your work. Enjoy the books you read. And live life in full today. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy teaching the word. I enjoy traveling. I mean, this is it. I can't be waiting. I can't be a sad pastor waiting for the day the doors of America will open. You know, there are people like that. 
Every time they come in church, they say, I don't mind these people. Don't worry, I'm with you. When God will open down, I'll be preaching to white men. You people will see. And then they are just sad. So the question you ask yourself is that if that door never opens, what happens? Right? If that big thing you're waiting for never happens, would you now keep your life on purse for that big thing to happen? Let's just assume, God forbid it did not happen, but let's just assume that greatness, that riches you're waiting for never happens. Would you, would you live the life of the rest of your life sad because you never became a millionaire? It's not worth it. Today, you have to make up your mind that you'll be someone of value. Who would enjoy the journey of life? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Who would enjoy the journey of life? Five guidelines for proactive living. Number one, know your way. Know your way. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Where do you want it to go? Can you write down your goals? Writing down your why would help you achieve your goals. What do you want to do with your life? Hmm? What do you want to do with your life? Many times as singles, we live our lives for our friends. We live our life for people around us. Have a standard for your relationships. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have a standard. I know for some of us as singles, that's the biggest thing in our mind. Have a standard. It's not everybody you will chat, 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 chat. Eh? Every whistle you will turn. Every whistle you will turn. Your life is worth more than that. Anybody will buy suya for you. Everybody will buy. What? How can you? How, how can you live like that? And you know, funny enough, I. It's, I actually also blame us guys. You know, because if, if it were left for me, ah, many people would go hungry. No, that's the truth. No, 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 no. You see, the first thing I look at when you want to go with, out with someone, if you go and listen to my, read my book, Fundamental Laws of Relationship, Love, Lust, and Lies, it's the law of mutual value. What value is this person bringing into your life? And if all the value that person is bringing is sex, then it's zero. If that's all, that is, by the time you analyze the relationship left, right, and center, it's only sex that is the value, or cuddling. Eh? If that's the value, you will get tired. Because... After marriage, after the first one or two years, you now start asking yourself, so what else? Hmm? Or you just have somebody that whose value is just that they can talk. Hmm? For hours on the charts. By the time you are done, emojis left, right and center. Love, like 100 kisses like 70 look at your chart it's like it's like a graph 
No words, a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures, a lot of pictures. It looks like studio. Ah, I'm just enjoying myself. You, see, you know, by the time you off that phone, eh? you will pay rent, Abby. You know, Abby. You know, by you know, by that's why, you see, the, the volume is. That's why I realized that many people are in relationships for a long time, they cannot get married. Because what actually the resource to get married, they don't have. That's why I say relationship, eight years. How long have you been with this person? Nine years. How long does marriage last? <laughs> but they are just there, just deceiving themselves, chatting back and forth, chatting back and forth, chatting back and forth. They can't move beyond that point because the lady has no resource, the guy has no resource, and they are just there. Yeah, that's the one serious person will come and then the lady will just say, I'm sorry, you know, I like you, but, you know, I've been with you, but I'm getting old. And then you now start crying all over the place that women are wicked, women pursue money, women. Do you think anybody will put their life on hold for you because you are good with chatting and sending emojis? So you must understand in life, you must be able to separate the superficial from the real. Don't pretend that you have money when you don't. Don't pretend to be rich. Don't, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't have money, then you build what it takes to become a financial giant. And one of those things is the art of budgeting. Hmm? Learning how to manage resources. So the Bible talks about the, the prudent woman. Learning to, how to be prudent. What, relation, what value are you bringing into that relationship? What are you bringing? What are you pouring in? You cannot be in a relationship where you're the only one giving. Hmm? Some of you ladies are like that. You're the only one giving. Only one giving. Only one giving. You would go and hustle. You would come and give. You would go and hustle. You would come and give. You're the only one checking. You're the encourager. The motivator. They ask yourself, how long will you do that? These are real questions. See, even if everybody is deceived, don't deceive yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If everybody is deceived, let's assume we are all deceived. Don't deceive yourself. Because life has a way of bringing out realities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why if you're in this church, every time I teach you people, save your rent. Go and save your rent. There are certain things in life you should not play with. Where you can have your own key and open your own door and go and sleep. Prioritize it. Don't buy shoes. It's not good to be homeless with good shoes. Are you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean then your friends say, come and squat with me. And the rain is falling outside and then your heart, your heart is, is beating because then you have kept your shoes in a paper bag in somebody's house that is leaking. I mean, and then you are there. What? And do you understand what I'm saying? You cannot be looking for space for yourself and shoes. There are things you should prioritize. Prioritize your giving to God and to the kingdom of God. Prioritize your time of reading. Put off your phone and read. Make it a priority. See reading as if you are building your future. Your intellectual future. Are you following what I'm saying? So reading is not just a hobby. Listening to messages is not just a hobby. It's part of building your life. So know why. Number two, set goals. Set goals that line up with and lead you towards your you're achieving your why in life. Write down your goals and have them visible so you can see them regularly. Write your goals where you can see them. Praise God. Write your goals where you can see them. 
what goal do you want to achieve? You know, and certain times, let me say that again. Set goals that line up with and lead you towards achieving your why in life. Write your goals down and have them visible so you can see them regularly. Now, when you set your goals, okay, uh, have them where you can see them. Don't set many goals. You know, many people set many goals. Uh, no, just set little goals. I realize this, that life hinges on little changes. Let me give you an example. Do you realize if you set a goal to read one hour every day, you would have spent, if you, are, if, you, if you keep to the goal consistently, let's even assume you don't keep to the goal consistently, you miss like two months. Do you realize you would have spent over 250 hours reading? Hmm? Do you know what 250 hours of reading will do to your brain? Constant practice. I read daily. You know, I taught, taught two, message, two, two services in church today, right? I read, I read today after service. I mean, I left the office like 2, 2 p.m. after sorting out the messages. Went back home. I read. I read for like an hour before coming for this meeting. Huh? I will read another hour before I go to bed. So almost on a daily basis, I read for close to five hours, four to five hours every day. That's constant practice. Don't let your brain grow old and your skin is shining. Very fresh skin. When we check your status, stars are shining. But if we open the brain, we should send the brain to old people's home. Creative thinking, zero. Analytical thinking skills, zero. They ask you a question, you ask a question in return because you don't even understand the question. New ideas, dormant. The last idea, fresh idea you have was five years ago. Your brain is growing old. It's growing old. New vocabularies is only the ones from streets that you pick. Even something as simple as learning one new word every day, it will help you. There are many apps. Put it in your phone. One new word every day. One new word every day. Keep your brain growing. Let your brain be young. That's why you see, I'm always thinking of my past. I'm always thinking, any time I think of my past, my body will just be doing me somehow. It will be as if I want to be sick. There's nothing the brain is thinking of going to tomorrow. So it has to be in reverse gear. Your brain checks, there's no plan for the future. Checks, there's no goal for the future. Then it thinks of who, who was beating you when you were in primary two. Then you start crying. That thing happened 14 years ago. You now take medicine. You wake up then. I mean, you know, you sleep with all that. You now be fighting demons in the dream. People are chasing you. I mean, all kinds of things. Every time you dream, you are back in primary school. Every time you dream, you are back in primary school. There's no, your brain, there's no future. Mentally. So you have to, and I'm telling you this right. One of the things that I have decided in my life to do is to constantly start start studying. I will not stop studying. You know, I'm doing my master's right now. I'll finish next year. I'll go do my PhD. I'll do my doctorate. It'll take me about three years. 
then I will come back to my school to do a master's in leadership again. And then I will go back and do another doctorate in leadership. I will keep learning. I will keep my brain. And I realized two things, right? And I will tell you this, personal experience. I realized that when you are just reading for personal development, it's okay. Hmm? But when you are reading because you have to pass a course or pass a school, pass something, it stretches your brain more. You know, I used to do some courses that are free. Just realize, how many of you have started courses and you didn't finish? Be honest. Just free course. Eh? Just people mind them disturbing somebody. How many of you finish courses that you paid for? Yeah. So I've, I've found that. So I don't do free courses anymore. I just realized that with free courses, your brain gets what? But, but with paid, paid courses, even if it is ten dollars, you just wonder these people they will not go free with that money. My friend, I will write that and bring the certificate. See that thing you're doing, it helps your brain. It's called proactive living. Let me challenge you. You see, if you take so for my course, for instance, that I'm doing right now, I need to study eight to ten hours every week. It's required. That's the minimum requirement. Okay, and I write one research paper every week. Minimum is a thousand words or eight hundred words. So I do that weekly. Alright? And each term is eight weeks. So and I'm doing two curses. So that's at the same time. What that has done to my thinking, to my brain is immeasurable. And if that challenge wasn't there, I wouldn't stretch there. Are you following this? So when we also talk about personal development, Put yourself, you see, give yourself the highest task. I think my staff in the office knows this, but it was very funny. I registered, first of all, for, and, I, and I'm talking about goals. If you walk into my office now, you would see a picture of Professor N.T. Wright. He's a professor of theology. You know, I didn't set a goal of becoming a theologian, but his picture there, every time I see that picture, reminds me of studying theology. You've got to keep pictures of your goal and your future in front of you, that every time you see those pictures, they inspire you. I do that. So I registered in one school in the US, and they would send us videos. This school was too easy. So I told myself, this is not what I want. So I went to register in this school that I am, and this one will stretch you. You see, sometimes if you want to develop, you have to take the road less traveled. Don't always look for the easy parts. The easy path will not... You know, some of you just want it easy. It will not stretch your brain. You have capacities. Oh, I'm telling you, you have potentials. Some of you seated here, deep down on the inside of you, you guys are 10,000 times better than me. The only difference is that you don't stretch yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, people ask me sometimes, how do you write books? And I say, I write Ah, man, I've been trying to write book. Oh, the thing is not just coming out. And make it to come out. Right? I know that before I leave this earth, at least I'll have a hundred titles, books, that's it. I'll have at least a hundred books written. If I have like 13 books, I have about 80 something to go. You, you, should, you should set audacious goals that stretch your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In a world where mediocrity is normal, become a person of excellence. 
that capacity is on the inside of you. It will look like, I think I'll talk about it. It will look like you are torturing yourself. But put that pressure on yourself. Number three. Embrace discomfort. In fact, that's where I am. And get used to it. Make your goals uncomfortable. Make goals that will require you to change. You must embrace discomfort if you want to make progress. Embrace discomfort. Don't pet your destiny. Place a demand on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you think that my normal self, I'll be able to write research paper of 1,000 or 800 words every week? No. But what happens? Man, enrolled in a program that stretches me, that capacity was revealed. That's why you see that any assignment you are late for, you can do it. You know, some of us in my choir, eh, when I said, if you don't put your message, you people will not sink. Six o'clock in the morning, five thirty, that's some people summarizing message. That means you can do it. It's, there is something about leadership. Leadership is not waiting till deadlines. All this one you say you can't speak English, you can't speak English. If they put a gun on your head and say it's only English that would be, you'll be surprised at how fluent you are. Vocabularies will come out. You know, you will be speaking English until the man will even forget why they say he should kill you. So what happens? Treasure forces potentials out of us. Circumstances forces potentials out of us. But listen, proactive people don't wait. They go after it. I'll give you an example. There are some of you who are staying on your own now because your parents said you can't stay with them any longer. When I left youth service, I told myself I'm not staying in my parents' house. I, did I have money to rent this thing? No. You know where I was sleeping? I was sleeping in church. You see, my father is the pastor of the church. But I just told him, all I want from you is food. I will eat in the house, change, come to, and I will sleep in church. I slept in church for close to maybe eight months. Hmm? Not nice church like this one. Mosquitoes that beat me in that church. I'll go behind the altar, wrap myself in the altar cloth, listening to message, reading. In fact, it got to a point. My, my dad now said, what is your issue? Nobody is driving you. But I just told myself, I can't come back from youth service and stay with my dad. I stayed in the church. That's deliberately putting yourself in discomfort. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those are some tough decisions we have made. I now rented one room with my friend, Pastor Gospar. I mean, the room we rented, water comes out from under the ground during rainy season. We had to get cement. Do it ourselves. Listen, my father did not drive me. I'm his first son. You see, you, there are things you should do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't wait to be driven. You drive yourself. So that even if that thought was there before, before that thought is manifested, you have left You're going to school now. You would like to go for master's degree later, after your first degree. Why don't you start saving up today for that? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Live that way. That's how I live. There's something I want to do next year, around June. I started saving for it last month. June next year, I started saving for it. When you now do it, say, ah, this guy is lucky. Favor is just all over his life. Favor is just all over his life. Sometimes it's diligence, discomfort, discomforting goals. Save yourself that money you want to spend today and put it into your future. Save yourself that extra shoe. Some of you don't need it. 
Save yourself that extra bag. Plug that money into something that would benefit you tomorrow. And a day will come, you look at your wardrobes, you would not even be able to count how many number of bags you have. Discomforting goals. Wake up and read. Set the alarm and read. Go to bed early and do what? And read. Put that treasure on yourself. You know, I've made some very radical decisions in my life. My dad had a car, and I told myself when I read it from me, W. Kenyon's book, that I'll never drive my dad's car. The first car I'll drive will be my car. I never drove my dad's car. My younger brother was driving, and I was not, I was not driving. Uh, the insult. How can your younger brother drive, and you can't drive? It's my choice. There's nothing that says driving is what qualifies a man to be saved. I mean, those are, I mean, I'm just telling you how I live. Those are the choices I made. The first car I ever drove was my car. I didn't drive my dad's car. But you know there's a way your dad can have a car and you can, you can live your destiny on that car. You're everywhere waiting for the man to go so that you can just enter and go and quickly carry your friends. I have learned in life not to boast in what another man has. Even sometimes if that man is my own father. I've learned to cultivate my own field. Discomforting goals. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Take whatever opportunity they are giving to you, seize it and make the most out of your life. Nobody's going to hand anything to you free. Life won't do that. Even God says, if you hack into this voice of mine and diligently obey all that I command you, then I'll set you on high. You have a responsibility to obey God's voice. Alright? So, set discomforting goals. Embrace discomfort, sorry. Number four, get organized. Let me do this quickly. Get organized. Schedule small daily or weekly goals, actionable steps that lead towards achieving your big goals. Hmm? Get organized. Some of us have calendars in, on our phones, smartphones. Set your schedule. Put alarm clocks that remind you to do. Get organized. If there's anything I would encourage you to do today as you live here, is to get organized. Organization will improve your productivity. Hmm? I encourage all my service team all the time. We're entering a new week. Plan the week. What will you do on Monday? Hmm? What will you do on Tuesday? What will you do? How many, how many of you just wake up and you're just like, ah, another weekend? Hmm? How many of you always have that feeling? Or oh, another Monday? Well, I know you, don't, you like weekends. So. Let's say Monday. Say, ah, Monday again. Ah, Monday again. See, my brother, that Monday will still come next Monday. So you better just get ready for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, next week will come. Next year will come. Tomorrow will come. So we can't now live as if tomorrow is a body. Except you want to die. But if you want to live, it will show up. So what do you do? Prepare for it. Have a weekly goal. What books are you going to read? What time are you going to spend reading? Get organized. Even if you want to play games, organize it. When will you play games? I know some of you, there's no time for game. It's every time. Hmm? Is it, when you, let me tell you, anything you discipline yourself to, you, you would now get to a point in your life where your body would naturally just get used to for, for instance, for me, <laughs> if you want to punish me, eh, now, just tell me to sit down and watch a movie. Ah, man. It's punishment. You know, the last few 
weeks. I said, ah, it's been a long time. Let me just sit down and watch something on TV. I put the thing on. After like 10 minutes, it was as if, ah, why are you doing this to yourself? And you know that that was just discipline. I'm not saying watching movies is bad. I'm just giving you an example. That's discipline. I've trained myself over time that reading gives me more pleasure than watching movies. It gives me absolute pleasure. It's just like you now say you won't punish me. You now lock me in a room full of books. You have wasted your time. I hear what I'm saying. But if you lock me in a room with only television and those books, you have punished me. But I wasn't born that way. It was built. Listen to me. Anything you want to become, you can build it into you. If you are not a great writer today, you can decide to become a great writer. If you don't speak well today publicly, you can decide to become a good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're not a strong Christian today, you can decide to be a faith giant. All you need to do is get organized, plan it. Then, number five schedule reviews. Hmm? Review your goals. Are you achieving your goal? Today, we've, we've, we're almost coming to the end of the year. Review your goals you started with. Next week, I'm going for my graduation. Uh, I went during the pandemic. You know, a lot of people complained about the pandemic. Ah, this lockdown. Hey. <laughs> oh, you religious people. Hey, they have locked us down to give us mark of the beast. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Most schools, I've always wanted to attend Rema Bible Training Center, Connecticut Ministry School, and they don't offer online courses. Most schools, if you were wise, most schools during the pandemic offered online courses, and because they needed money, they slashed a lot of their fees. A lot of things were cheap that period. So that was when I enrolled. And you realize that the pandemic has lasted maybe like two years, right? Running into two years. And on Saturday here, I'm graduating with a diploma in ministry. That's the thing I got from the lockdown. That was what I used that opportunity. That's when we're locked at home. That was what I plugged into. And I can remember COVID for a positive reason that I got that. And some people just got, eh? Just say, don't worry, we have data. Uh-uh, I'm going to work. They've watched comedy, watch comedy, watch movies, watch this thing, play, chatted, Facebook, all kinds of challenge. It's two years. There's nothing to show for it. These two years have gone. So some of you could have taken courses cheap and one year later you'd have graduated with something. Six months later you'd have gone, but that time is wasted. That's to say, make use of the time. Make use of the opportunity. Every crisis provides an opportunity. And I took advantage of that. Two years later, I have something to show for it. Are you still here? Review. What did you do these last nine months? We're going into the ninth month. What have you done with nine months? What have you done with the amount of time you have in the nine months? Okay. Three key things. Intentionality, discipline, and action. Write those three words down. Intentionality, 
Discipline and action We must be intentional We must be disciplined And we must have what? Action See, without action Nothing will produce Are you hearing what I'm saying? Intentionality, everybody say intentionality Alright Say discipline Say action That's why I'm using myself as an example to you To show you the little things we still do To get ahead The little choices we make Huh? It's not everything God is going to speak from heaven to you Sometimes you look at those choices You are at home hmm? You're free during the weekends Why don't you learn tailoring Get that skill Learn hairdressing Get it It's not a disadvantage It's an advantage Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? And one thing I want to beg you Because I've observed it a lot in this generation Stay focused on one thing because there are some of you who can do many things and you can't do anyone well. Hmm? Sir, can you bake? Sir, I can bake. Oh, I learned baking with my auntie. I did not finish, but I can bake. Then they now give you cake to bake. The child now sees the cake. The child is now crying. They, they are now telling the child, it's okay, it's cake, it's cake, it's cake. <laughs> yeah, so, can you sew? Ah, I can sew. You sew shit, then the person is trying to ask you that what, what, what style is this? Eh? The, <laughs> the pocket The pocket on the right starts here The pocket on the left starts here Every confusion is explained as a style The thing is badly done You now say, oh, now nah, this is what is raining It's only your shirt that new things are raining huh? stay, stay somewhere and become an expert in it Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get something and say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to become. And take charge of it. That's why I don't do many things in this life. I don't do many things. I know a lot of my friends that I started with. They will do pastoring. They will do this. They will want to do this. Today, they are still nowhere. Because life was not designed for you to pursue many things. Set a goal. Listen, you will suffer. Tell yourself, I will suffer on this path. But I'll come out on the other side better. And become good at one thing. Become great at what you do. Be intentional. Be disciplined. And then put action into it. Right? Put action into it. Then write this down. Purpose, passion, and plan. I'll finish now. Purpose, passion, and plan. Find your purpose. Find your purpose. Keep your passion. And have a plan. Find your purpose. Keep your passion. And have a plan. Listen to me guys. Be excited about life. Don't allow depression get into you. Don't allow... You know, I've realized this. There are many things in this world that will make you sad. You just have to choose to be happy. Yeah. Happiness is a choice. Everything can make you sad. Hmm? People not responding to you can make you sad. People over responding to you can make you sad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All kinds of things. And there are people in this life that they don't mind making you sad. It's like that's their own personal goal. And they have a passion for it. And they also have a plan. Find your passion. Find your purpose. Have a passion. Then have a plan. I've said it to you guys here many, many, many times. I have a plan that later on in ministry... I'll start lecturing in universities, teaching in Bible colleges. How do I get there in the next 
couple of years started studying theology again from first degree when they offered me to do my masters directly I said no I went, went back started my first degree again in, 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 in theology it took me four years and then I started my masters some people just want the title I'm not doing it for the title I'm doing it because I have a plan are you following that? You see, when you have a plan, it's easy to make choices. Some say, oh, you are wasting money. No, I'm not wasting money. It's the plan. Right? I mean, I've got my classmates. Some of them are like, ah, oh, man, by the time we finish this, I'm done. I can't study again. And me, I can't wait to start pursuing my doctorate. Why? That's a plan. And you have to keep the passion. That's a plan. That's a plan. Follow the plan. Do you have a plan? Don't just wait for life to happen to you. Be intentional about life. Don't just sit back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're working in a company now. Don't just sit back. Are there new places you can get to? Are there certifications that can help you in the next 10 years? Are there things you can save up now? Is there something you can do right now to plan for the future? Be intentional about it. Two quotes. Your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. It is who you are that will attract that level of success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just what you have. It's who you are. Make up your mind you're going to become a person of value. A man by the name of Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. Two, two, these two quotes. Your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. The only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. Two questions I'll leave with you tonight. Number one, who have you decided to be? Who have you decided to be? And the next question I'll ask you, so what have you decided to become? In the next one year, who would you be? Who would you become? Will next year meet you the same place where the last several years have met you? Would you decide to become a person of value? I want to challenge you today. Go back home and make a decision. There's so much value on your inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Life is not as difficult as we make it. Take one step at a time. One goal at a time. Crunch your goals. Pour into yourself. You see that as your value begins to increase, opportunities will begin to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We we'll call everyone blessed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.